for Contractor Talk with Ricky Kidwell on News Radio WFLA Orlando. All right, all right, and welcome to the show. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, building damage experts every Saturday on iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us, and we have a great show for you today. If you're not listening on 94.1 FM or 93.1 FM, flip on over to 540 AM for a little bit more of a listening experience. You can go a little bit farther outside of uh, Central Florida and still hear our show on the 540 AM. And what's even better is that we're online at WFLA Orlando orlando.iheart.com specifically if you go to that website you'll be able to hear us live anywhere 12 p.m to 2 p.m every saturday contractor talk with richie kidwell now if you are wondering what our previous shows uh, are like then go to our our personal page contractortalkpodcast.com we have previous podcasts there of our full video podcast as well as our uh, previous audio recordings every saturday we push over to iheart radio all the audio great shows for you with guests in the restoration industry um, that include uh, roofers public adjusters attorneys um, and others alike that work within this fantastic industry that i love it's been a little bit challenging lately um, and we're going to tell you about that especially how it impacts your premiums and your dollars and cents that you have to pay for insurance on your home and on your car your auto everything has changed and we were telling you about this as the laws were changing in Tallahassee. We talked to you about House Bill 837. We talked to you about the insurance reform bill, uh, the two special uh, sessions prior to um, this year's uh, Florida legislation uh, or legislature uh, met and uh, signed a a bunch of new bills that changed the landscape for what we all have known for the past 100 plus years of case law. Since 1893, I believe there is a a Florida uh, statute that had that gave tools to David versus Goliath when you're dealing with your insurance carrier and you're at you're always at a disadvantage. The carriers have billions of dollars. They have in-house counsel. They have attorneys that they'll put on you to ensure that they make your life a living hell before you actually get paid. They even made a book about it called Delay, Deny, Defend. And it's like they it's like reading the pages of it every day. It's what they do and they're not even hiding it. And we're talking about the insurance companies that are guarding the gates of your policy, whether it be homeowner's insurance policy or your auto policy. So many changes have happened this year. Many of them were effective uh, July 1st. Some were effective May 24th. Some were effective um, uh, the beginning of the year. Um, Some were effective uh, December 16th. So it's a lot of things that we all um, uh, need to know about, especially here um, on the show is what I want to give you as much information as we can. um, and so by doing this, uh, we have a local attorney today that, uh, that is our guest. Um, I'm excited to have her on the show. Her name is Brooke Boltz with Boltz Legal. Um, that's right. And you're bringing your own crowd. Uh, crowd's uh, crowd animated. Crowd's up tonight for it. Look at that. Look at that. Welcome. Thank you for being on our show today. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. That's great. I mean, we've heard so much about you and your firm, uh, a local firm as well. Um, and if you're in this listening area, whether you have a dispute against your insurance carrier, both on property or what I heard in the in the break there, you also do PIP or auto as, as others would uh, have a indifference between their insurance company um, and what it actually costs to either fix your car or fix your home, those types of things. Um, and so from what I understand, uh, you do have a pretty heavy 
heavy property practice uh, and what I just learned as well as PIP. Um, so tell us about that and how uh, some of our consumers could reach out to you if they do have an issue. Absolutely. Uh, the name of my firm is Bolts Legal. I'm located in Oviedo, but I handle cases all over Central Florida. Um, I got my start working for insurance companies. So for almost 10 years, I worked at a large insurance defense firm and that's where I initially met Hans Ken and we were opponents. Like, Oh God, here we go again. Another complaint by Hans Kennan. <laughs> So during that time, having I, I actually got my start out of law school working for insurance companies. So I was conditioned at that point to think that everybody on the opposite side was just trying to take advantage of the insurance companies. And we've all heard that in the news, that everybody's a scam artist. Everybody's just trying to make money and go on vacation with this, these insurance proceeds. And, and that's what I heard. And that's what I believed because I was conditioned having worked so long on that side. And then then about six years ago, I made the transition and switched and started representing the consumers. And I saw the other side of the story. I started living through these experiences with these homeowners where I saw them just being denied in really egregious ways. I saw, you know, homeowners who had a massive, this is just one quick example where a, um, well, this is an extreme example. Hurricane Michael demolished a client of mine's house. There was nothing left but a slab, a concrete slab. The house was gone. And wow. the amount of money the insurance company offered to that homeowner was zero dollars. Wow. I had to litigate and fight that case. It was one of my longest cases. It took over two years to eventually get the policy limits paid to that homeowner. But what, in the meantime, what, what they had no home defense. What is the insurance? I mean, how could they, how could they with a straight face deny? I mean, it was a, a construction defect. Is it like, you know, there it was wasn't a, installed properly. I mean, I'll what, tell you, there was, there was never a house there. <laughs> it was just a slab. Yeah, it's like, all fraud. You, you tried to insure a, a piece of dirt. There's no <laughs> yeah. home there, sir. As a matter of fact, where'd that slab come from? <laughs> so the defense was, it was a wind-only policy. And they claim, the insurance company claimed that it was washed away by the waves as opposed to being blown by the wind. Because right. it was it was not too huh. far from the water line. And so, so I had to get in engineers involved and everything else to be able to prove that had that it blew away first and then the wind comes first, wind or water. Well, that was the, that was absolutely wind. Yes. Um, you're not going to get a storm surge before excessive wind. Correct. Just the wind has to push the water in, then the wind has to keep the tide in and all that. Yeah, it just it never made sense to me, um, you know, especially after Hurricane Irma and seeing a lot of folks getting uh, wrongfully denied um, from Hurricane Irma, you know, with the same type of uh, policies, wind-only policies, and they're trying to, they're the same thing, saying, well, we find other reasons uh, why your house is either in big disarray or, or in this point not present, which one of the major hurricanes that hit uh, uh, the state of Florida and did so much devastation uh, in a so acute area like Hurricane Michael. Uh, we, and, and I as well saw so many claims that were just wrongfully denied. And many of them were from the military. It's a heavy military area. 
Hence why the um, there was that portion of the insurance accountability bill this year on Senate Bill what, 7052, where they um, um, they added about that military has extra time to 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 file a claim um, and uh, uh, and litigate um, against uh, their carrier. And that was because many of the folks that were out on service for their government fighting for their government were then missing timelines or wrongfully denied in those types of situations. So um, I am glad to see that some of those protections were brought back to consumers. But I think, you know, we saw a, a big backlash from um, I won't even call it Senator Hudson's bill, uh, <laughs> the governor's bill uh, that that ended up uh, swooping through in a few days um, that took out and just gutted all of the uh, uh, prevailing party attorney's fees um, outside of the December switch, you know? So in May, they, uh, or in March rather Mm -hmm. of this year, they said, you know what? I mean, we took all the guts out of property insurance, meaning that if you file suit against your insurance company, you're paying out of pocket for your own experts, for your own way. And if you're suing for $10,000 and it costs you 5,000 to do that, well, you're only going to get 5,000. But what about your $10,000 roof that you have to put on? You know, now it's making it much more difficult for it. But they took a step further and said, you know, we didn't do enough. So the insurance companies gave uh, dictator DeSantis a hundred million dollars. I voted for him. So I can say this. I actually thought he was going to do the right thing. But dictator DeSantis took the hundred million dollars and said, you know what? I'm going to take it and I'm going to throw it through this uh, Senator Hudson guy who's a douchebag. He literally said it on there. I saw an article that said that I didn't write this bill. I wrote this bill. And I'm like, no, no, you didn't. He's the same guy who supposedly wrote the insurance accountability bill mm-hmm. with a straight face on. Um, it's it's absolutely ludicrous. Um, but uh, OK, we'll take a pause here. Um, we'll take a break here with guest Brooke Bolts from Bolts Legal. Um, and we'll come back with her and some more information that you don't want to miss out here on Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, building damage experts every Saturday on iHeartRadio and live here on our podcast. This is something new for us. We're streaming our podcast on every streaming mechanism that we can whether it be Spotify, whether it be YouTube, um, and we're coming soon. We're going to be working straight from our Facebook page. If you have a question, you have a comment, you concern, flip on over to our Facebook page, Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. Um, uh, from there, you can message us. You can post on one of our um, um, already, I was going to say, comment on one of our already posts on there. If you have anything that you want to add to our show or have a question, something you want us to tackle during the show, we'd be happy to do that for you. Uh, we've had a couple of messages before. We'd love to entertain them. So, flip on over to our Facebook page, Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. All right. We have our special guest today, Brooke Bolts with Bolts Legal. We're just discussing about the the, the types of um, uh, legal work you practice in, both in property damage. So if you have a dispute against your insurance company, or if you have had damages from a recent hurricane, a storm, a pipe break, or if there's an indifference that you need to speak to a lawyer, here's the lawyer that you need to speak to. And also she does uh, auto as well. So if you have property or auto disputes or somebody you need to speak to, she's your gal. How would they get a hold of you if they did want to uh, hire you for or have a question about their policy? Sure. My website, boltslegal.com is probably the easiest way. There's a contact form uh, tab on the website and those emails go directly to me. So I see awesome. every one of them and I respond to them right away. So, so that's probably the quickest way. Also, there's a number they can text if they prefer to text versus email. It's all on the website. Perfect. And Brooke, do you do you doing personal injury also? Do you have part of your practice doing that? Yes, sir. All right. 
Awesome. Awesome. So, um, and, and with this, I mean, you know, we're both, um, feel, I believe feel the same for consumer rights and so many changes have been made lately. Um, there's a lot to navigate and hence the reason for this show. And we talk about when these difficult times come up and you don't know who to call, what to do, we offer that information to the consumers listening to the show, um, and what to expect. Uh, some of our previous callers or folks that have listened to our show, um, have gave us, uh, given us a call and said, okay, here's where I'm at with my insurance claim. How can you help? And a lot of these have been able to be resolved without litigation just because they didn't know what to do, what to expect, the timing on it or whichever. Um, during the break, I was talking about somebody that, um, just got back from their insurance company from filing a hurricane claim down in Punta Gorda area. And uh, they're trying to do it themselves for a while. And then they filed the claim. Their adjuster gave them uh, a a written estimate, uh, an independent adjuster. Um, Their desk adjuster from Citizens ended up telling him yesterday that, hey, uh, we got all the estimates from our independent adjuster. And he's like, okay, so when can I expect to get this moving? I've got contractors ready. I've got my roof leaking at my Florida room. There's water in it, mold on the walls. We need to get this uh, taken care of. And they said, well, hold on. They're like, I know we got all this information, but we feel like we need uh, to send out a third party. So we're going to send out donor engineering to your home. Now, usually in my experience, what happens if the insurance carrier then says, we're going to send out our professional, our inspector, that usually means they're setting you up to be denied. They need some sort of information that says somebody needs to say that, oop, that wasn't from the storm. And then that way, they have a basis of denial. And that's unfortunate because he, this client called back the independent adjuster, the one that was hired by the insurance company who represents the insurance company. He says, Hey, um, why is the adjuster saying that not all of my, uh, damages are covered and they're sending out a third party. And the guy got upset. He goes, I don't know what you mean. I, uh, I get, I gave, I wrote it all up. Your, your roof, all the repairs, everything needs to be replaced. Well, that's not what my adjuster is saying is what this folk, uh, what this guy is saying. And so we, we, unfortunately we see that we see this situation a lot. Um, just like your, uh, client from hurricane Michael on the panhandle absolutely devastated their home. And it took you two years to be able to get them what they should have gotten to, you know, two years ago. So, and that's the other unfortunate part of it is that you're going to litigate for a couple of years. And that was then when you have statutory fees, meaning prevailing party attorney's fees, you can get the homeowner what they need. And when two years is a long time, more damage could occur to the home. Um, financial things could change in their, in, in their household. Um, you know, and, and we we've seen, and I've know that Hans have had clients that would have to call them eight months later and say, Hey, I I'm just not in a great financial position. I need you to settle and give me anything that you possibly can. And that's what the insurance companies want you know, and part of their delay, deny, defend is they know people are either going to get sick and tired of it and take a a lower offer. They could die in the process. Um, a lot of old folks, um, you know, that, that get screwed over by their insurance companies. I mean, they, you know, realistically they're waiting for that perfect storm to arrive in somebody's life that all of a sudden they want to pull the plug.
dog and take a less than, than, than good offer. And it happens all the time or they get scared by a, a proposal for settlement to where they could be exposed for fees if they lose on a technicality, which we've been seeing the court systems want to push cases through so fast that they make bad decisions and it only uh, hurts the insured. Um, and so I'm seeing that a lot as an AOB contractor, you know, to get thrown out of court on a technicality. And then you say, well, we actually did perform a service on the home. So we are owed money. So do we, what happens to the insured? I mean, is the insured the one that is always going to take it um, for the insurance company? And that's not fair. Um, and so recently they changed the law to where now you have to pay your own way. You're a consumer. Now, if you have a dispute against your insurance company, all lines of insurance now, since they made that uh, law change in May 24th of this year, where the governor quickly signed the bill that gutted out all of the fees. And we're talking about now property. We're talking about auto. We're talking about medical and we're talking about life insurance. If you have a dispute against your insurance company on any of those vessels, you are now paying your own way. So I bet that conversation is different now. If somebody calls your company, then Brooke and says, Hey, I have a dispute against my insurance company. What do I expect? And how do you now go about this? I know you used to say like no recovery, no fee, and I can get my, uh, my attorney's fees on top of, but I'm sure that's a much more difficult conversation. Uh, how do you handle these, uh, uh, types of, uh, disputes today with the laws changed the way they are today? Sure. So right now, most of the cases I'm working on predate the law change. Still, we're just now kind of starting to get some of the newer claims coming in. Um, but the conversation is is an an unpleasant one with the insured. They're never happy because they're never going to be made whole. The, the most we can promise them is that we're going to get them as much as we can, but that now the attorney and um, the legal expenses and costs, everything are going to come out of that settlement amount, which is going to net them something less than what they need to fix their home. Um, you know, we are still able to represent them on a contingency fee, meaning that they don't have to come out of pocket necessarily to pay our fees, mm -hmm. but it comes out of their insurance money, which they need to be able to fix their home. Mm -hmm. So I anticipate there are going to be people who aren't going to be able to make the necessary repairs to their home. They're going to have to cut corners. They're going to have to put a bandaid on something because the money they net isn't going to be enough to truly fix their home. And then it's just going to compound over time because they couldn't properly fix it. Right. Right. And where are the, um, the, the mortgage companies, um, you would think that they would be the most exposed, um, with all of this law change for exactly what you said. I mean, the expert fees, your fees, everything's now coming out of the homeowner's indemnity that may not have enough money to fix their home uh, to pre-loss condition. So the mortgage companies are the ones holding the bags, but they were very silent during these law changes. Um, I, I just, I, I guess we're not going to see the impacts of that for another year or so. Um, but uh, that's definitely a scary uh, situation that I've, I've thought about. Um, the people that we're talking about are people that pay their bills monthly and, and could live month to month. And, you know, I have lived my whole life that way where, um, I feel like I'm in good hands and I have a good neighbor when I'm paying my insurance every month, I don't miss a beat. And then when I do go to use it, then you find out there's a big shortfall. Um, so how do you, how do you fill that gap and what do you do in the two years that you're litigating this in the meantime? And 
And so that's definitely unfair to the consumers here in the state of Florida. Um, and so um, it's 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 uncanny that um, that we've have to deal with this now with pricing going up so much as it is uh, today with inflation. We're talking about, you know, um, services costing more products, costing more fuel to get it to there. All adding to to our issues here and trying to get reimbursed under indemnity here on a valid insurance claim. So, all right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back uh, with Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. We'll be right back. All right, all right, and we're back. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, building damage experts every Saturday on iHeartRadio. And don't forget to jump on over to our Facebook page, Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. Like us there, follow us. Also, our YouTube page, another little nugget there. If you go to our YouTube page, like and subscribe, then all of our podcasts and our audio, all there archived, ready to go. And so we do name our and put a topic on every show so you'll be able to uh, to know. I don't know if I can rhyme anymore on that, but, um, but you'll be able to see ahead of time, what topics you're going to jump into, who our guests are. So, um, definitely go to our archives and check out our prior shows. If you like what you're hearing today. All right. So we have two lawyers today on the show. I am so ecstatic. I mean, there's so much to talk about so many law changes, so many experiences, uh, that we can share with you. Uh, if you're dealing with a, uh, a difficult time, which is always dealing with your insurance company, no matter if you're dealing with on an auto situation, or if you're dealing on a property situation, medical, um, uh, it doesn't matter. They, the laws have changed where it will affect you, the consumer. Um, and what do we do about it? How do we navigate this? And so, like I tell everybody else in the industry, it's not dead. It's different. You know, I said that a lot after AOB, it's not dead. It's different. And now it is dead. It's dead. It's, it's dead, but it's, it, but it's, it's, it's different, right? I mean, the way that we do business today, uh, Let both as contractors and die. consumers Let are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the insurance companies say that. I was talking to a heritage uh, adjuster today and they were like, I'm settling a bunch of uh, AOBs with them. And they're like, you're the only one doing AOB. We had a meeting about this the other day and like, everybody's given up on AOB except for you. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's different. It's, it's right. I offer just like if you walk into a doctor's office, right. And they say, here's our cash price, right. And here's our AOB, you know, price that we're going to bill your insurance company. But we go one step further and we say, you know, then there's also a direction to pay, you know, that, that, that we can offer you as well too. It's not an AOB, right? But, uh, but this says that you have 90 days to get me paid. The new statute says that insurance companies have 60 days to pay or deny. My contract says 90 days to pay me or get a lien, but to avoid a lien, uh, day 90, you elect to, to go to appraisal or mediation or hire a lawyer. They already, and I have an LOP, a letter of protection bound within that contract that then instructs the lawyer that they hire, whoever they hire, um, to, uh, to add me to the settlement statement, right? So that way I can get paid. It's easy squeezy. Um, but it's a lot more for the insured to understand. They're like, wait, 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 wait. So cash, I don't have a lot right now. Uh, the AOB, you're saying that I don't have, uh, to worry about this. Like I can't get sued. I can't get collected on. You're not going to ask me for money later on, on this, right? Nope. Nope. Not on this one. On this one, we will, we'll be asking you for payment in 90 days. Um, hopefully the insurance company will do the right thing and pay you. If not to avoid a lien on your home, you're going to have to file suit against your insurance company. <gasps> 
have to file a suit against my insurance company. But yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to file a suit against your insurance company. Good thing is still is no recovery, no fee. We used to say, you know, the attorneys would say that, oh yeah, they can still call me, it's free. And when they say that, it means no recovery, no fee. It's still like that today, um, from what I understand, right, Brooke? It's just a little bit different. And that's kind of what I have to explain to our clients, right? I mean, they're like, I used to say, listen, there's absolutely nothing that you have to worry about if you sign this assignment of benefits. Just like when you go to your doctor's office, you're not expecting to get a bill from your doctor after you leave and you pay your copay, right? But then sometimes you get a letter in the mail with numbers on it and it says, this is not a bill, you know, but it has numbers on it. And I freak out. I look at it. I'm like, what is this? My, my, my doctor's trying to sue me. They're trying to get me money or they're trying to get me to send the money. Like I already paid my copay. I don't understand this. Nope. That was a statutory law change that said that the doctors have to let the consumer know they're about ready to file suit on their insurance company for short payment. Hmm. Sounds very similar to what we're doing here in property. Right. And the folks don't understand that though. They think, you know, and I go back to that point and I say, it's just like a visit to your doctor, right? Your nice doctor that you've been going to for 30 years, the nice old lady or gentleman that you've been going to forever. If you don't think they're suing the crap out of your insurance company, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. You know, I mean, you, every doctor's office you go to sues their, uh, the, the, your insurance company. It just happens. That's the way it is because no insurance company just goes right out and does the right thing and pays. It's like that across the board, medical property, auto, it's all the same. I don't know anything about life insurance. You guys might, but, uh, there are those disputes that exist all the time because the insurance companies are playing the game. They know if they deny a certain amount of people, there's only going to be a certain percentage that actually does something and picks up the phone and calls a lawyer. Right. And then those folks, now that they don't have this ticking time bomb of bad faith, they don't have any issues of, uh, of getting attorney's fees on top of. So now they're so emboldened that, um, settlements have slowed down, have settlements slowed down for you and your clients since major law changes. Are you still able to kind of get through because you have statutory fees on some of the settlements have slowed down. I would say settlements started to slow down though, even before the law changed, because they changed the laws several times over the last year, but when insurance companies, some of them started to uh, go out of business or um, leave the state of Florida and just kind of started holding onto their pocketbooks more tightly than they had in the past. Settlements started to slow down even then. Um, and then they slowed down further, of course, because they've been emboldened by the law changes. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think that's what it's about. They got this new confidence, uh, about them and that's not what was supposed to happen. Um, and I was very disappointed and I was up in Tallahassee screaming, like, why, if you're, if the whole goal is to reduce premiums, why not put it in statute? I mean, I don't understand. That's what we all were asking for. If, if your explanation for this bill is that it's going to reduce premiums, then make it a requirement. Right. Right. And there were crickets in the room. Nobody was in favor of that. Why not? If that was truly their motivation, why wouldn't they have protected the consumer in that way? Right. Uh, and I don't get it. And we have the, the data exists, not only in Senate bill 76, it was mandated via statute that the very next year, OIR was supposed to release all of the numbers from all the insurance companies on how much they spent that year on indemnity, on uh, defense lawyer fees, on, uh, on the other side of uh, attorney's fees, um, the initial demand, the, uh, the final payments, we were going to finally see a breakdown 
of all of the insurance company's expenses that very next year. And what happens? You get a random letter from the office of insurance regulator, David Altmeyer, who, who, who ends up quitting, right? But before he quits, he, he lights the dumpster on fire even farther, throwing gas on it and says, you know what? The way I interpret it, his, his, his weak ass letter actually said, the way I interpret the law is that it would be the following year. And so he gave all insurance companies an extra year to turn that in. And, and it was even late again because that following year came out. We had all of these quick law changes and I'm still asking, I'm like, where's this information that was supposed to come out on OIR? And then what happens? The douchebag dips. He leaves because the law change says on this year that if you work for the government, you have a two year hold back to become a, uh, to be a lobbyist or any other thing, but that switched from two years to six years. So what does he do? He lights it on fire, gives everybody the gift that we all saw from the OIR, which is basically anything and everything that the insurance companies wanted. And then two weeks before the end of the year, he puts in his resignation. A few weeks after that, his face is all over Tallahassee as the new star in this, um, um, uh, I forgot what the group uh, name is, but uh, he is now a lobbyist um, for a major uh, company here in the state of Florida. What do you know? I mean, it, this is like, you cannot make this stuff up. It is so egregious. And I, I still can't believe the amount of money that the insurance companies, after they said, we don't have any money, right? But they sure found enough money to give to our CFO, three and a half million dollars to our, uh, to Jimmy Petronas, our CFO, all by insurance proceeds, by the way. Um, and then we have one, $100 million given to our dictator governor and another 250 million promised to him to run for president by making all of these changes. And like we talked about, Hans, it's a drop in the bucket for all the money they're saving. Oh yeah. Right it, it becomes almost a rounding error. And if you look at it, you know, all of us in our life, we'd like to have one app, right? We develop some crazy app and everyone pays us a nickel <laughs> and somehow, you know, you still make a billion dollars because everybody does it. Same thing for the insurers. If they can trim down their expenses by one, two, three, four, five percent. Uh, on, on the overall volume, I mean, that is the, the, the hundred million or whatever they, they may pledge to, to DeSantis. Really, they don't even don't even see it really is a, a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um, and uh, all right. And so your website, boltslegal.com is where you are going to get information. If you have a dispute against your insurance company, we're going to. I was like, what was that? All right. We're going to take a break here on Contractor Talk or the Richie Kidwell. We'll be back with our special guest, Brooke Bolts with Bolts Legal, boltslegal.com. We'll be right back. All right. And we're back. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, building damage experts on iHeartRadio every Saturday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Or you can go to our Facebook page and don't miss an episode. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. Or you can go to our website, ContractorTalkPodcast.com. You'll be able to see our videos, our audio, everything from our previous shows every single week. You don't want to miss it. Today, we have a special guest, Brooke Boltz with Boltz Legal, BoltzLegal.com. I don't know, Joe, about that last lightning bolt there. Definitely have to going to work with that though. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little distracting, <laughs> but for anybody who's there, there's nothing wrong with your radio. It was just, it was just the electricity of Ms. Bolts there. That's there it is. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, we're talking about many of the law changes that could affect you as a consumer, uh, whether it be in a, a dispute against your insurance company on the property side or auto. Um, on the day-to-day, Brooke, where, where do you see you're working more on the property or on the PIP side? or what 
what does your normal everyday uh, look like? The bulk of my caseload is still the homeowner's insurance cases. So um, that's still where I see personally the greatest need for my services. We have had a lot of hurricanes in the state of Florida. There's a lot of people who are being denied or underpaid by their insurance companies. And so there's just a, a huge need there. And that's still where I'm spending most of my time. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, with so many folks that I know personally that have been contacting me and saying, you know, they're having a difficult time, uh, collecting from their insurance company and what to expect. Um, and so what is your normal line, uh, uh to them? Cause I know it has changed for me. Um, and I've told them, I say every, obviously every case is different. Um, but, uh, you should speak to an attorney, uh, that is working in property today and knows the in and outs and can give you a better timeline I mean, before a lot of these major law changes and the insurance companies being so emboldened to pay, um, there used to be more, um, I would say, uh, you know, ammo on the consumer side with bad faith, slow walking claims and, you know, those types of things that you could use as more ammo against the insurance company so they could pay faster and you can get your insured back to pre-loss condition and whole again. Um, and that process, and I know many attorneys are saying, yeah, three to six months. Um, but I'm hearing more and more that it's one to two years in many cases. Um, have, have we seen that, um, shorten or is that the same life cycle today, uh, with trying to bring that to conclusion? The length of time to resolve a claim is definitely increasing and will continue to increase under the prior law. The insurance company was incentivized once a lawsuit was filed to want to settle it sooner rather than later because they're going to pay a lot more in attorney's fees a year from now than they would now or a month from now. So those attorney's fees would rack up over the course of time. Now that the attorney fee incentive has gone away, they they're going to pay the same essentially now or two years from now, because the price of, say, a roof today isn't going to be dramatically different two years from now. Plus, they can um, wear the insured down by forcing us to do multiple depositions and hire experts, which is just going to eat away at that ultimate settlement amount. So they're incentivized now to drag it out as long as humanly possible, Mm. which which just eats away at the money that's ultimately going to be available to the homeowner if the case settles. Um, and that's, that, that's not only annoying, um, because it's chipping away from their indemnity, the money that the homeowner is going to take back with them, but so much time added on to that. Um, and where the carriers used to have to be worried about bad faith, um, and or a bad appraisal, so to speak, you know, if they are still weren't made whole, there was ways that you could still, um, kind of enforce payment or settlement from the insurance company. And it, it, it does seem like now that they're just throwing their hands up, giving pretty weak defenses, not really caring that much. Um, I, I mean, how do you see the next year um, happening with claims? And what happens if we get another major storm? What's that going to look like? Yeah, it's scary. It's a scary thought because we have a lot of major storms. I mean, Dahlia wasn't anything to sneeze at. And that was just very recently. So um, 
it, it's gonna it's gonna be a bleak future for a lot of Florida homeowners when they come to realize the impact that these laws are having on them personally. Unfortunately, at the time that all of the legislation was going through, a lot of consumers first didn't know about it at all because it was pushed through so quickly. Mm. But number two, they they sometimes have the mentality that it's not affecting me right now. And everything's going to be just fine for me. And so they, they they don't care as much until it is actually impacting them and their home. And so as more and more storms come and more and more Floridians are faced with the reality of their inability to be made whole and to put their home back in in um, pre-lost condition, it's there's going to be more and more homeowners affected and either put in a position where they, they might have to indebt themselves. They might have to go and take out loans. If they do want to fix their home properly, they're likely going to have to take out home equity line of credits or other types of loans to indebt themselves to be able to fix their home uh, for something that was an, an insured covered loss. Mm-hmm. Rather than, I mean, and we've had a couple of roofers in here that have um, ended up, their clients are just saying, you know what, this is too much of a hassle. Let me just go ahead and, uh, and, and finance it through you and just get my roof done and that, and that's it. Um, we're trying to tell them and say, listen, that's not a bad idea. I'm in the same boat as you are. I don't, I don't want to wait two or three storm seasons while my house has a tarp on it while I'm waiting for the insurance company to do the right thing. So um, my thought is I told him then I said, that's not a bad idea, especially if you have in-house financing or whatever, it works for the homeowner, but why not engage the homeowner with a lawyer and say, listen, we can get you reimbursed. And there's a possibility that your interest charges or anything in pursuit of that um, um, payment towards putting your roof back should be collectible um, back and uh, reimbursed uh, to you as the, as the homeowner. So um, really would be, uh, and if you're in this situation and you're listening now and you did finance your roof or you paid your roof out of pocket, it's not too late. You can still look at getting reimbursed through insurance proceeds if you have a valid insurance policy and it was a valid claim under that time period. So um, some of the laws uh, or some one of the law changes that affects the timing in which you can make that claim um, just happened in December. Uh, so December 16th of 2022 is the is the time breaker. Um, of when you have a year to file a claim or two years to file first notice of claim. So uh, if your policy uh, was incepted before December 16th, you have two years to file first notice of claim, three years total for supplemental. But if your policy was purchased after December 16, 2022, you only have one year to file your claim. Um, and it makes it more difficult anyways, the longer it takes, you know, from notices and all the stuff that are in policies. But statutorily, that's what your timing is looking like. So if you've had a storm within the past year and you paid for your roof to be done, you could still get reimbursed. Um, and have, have you had clients that have sought to you or came to you and said, listen, I had to pay this out of my pocket. I want to get reimbursed. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, that happens occasionally. It's not always, it's not often, but I'm an advocate of that. If you can get your, if you have the ability either to pay out of pocket yourself or to get financing to do it so that you can make your home livable again, and then Mm -hmm. just pursue reimbursement from the insurance company, uh, that takes a lot of the stress out of it for the homeowner 
uh, because they're just looking to get reimbursed versus living in a home of disrepair Mm -hmm. for an indefinite period of time. Right, right. And and quickly before I take a break, there was one that I had an assignment on. The lady had a kitchen loss. Uh, The restoration company removed everything in their kitchen. The insurance company denied in between the restoration services and the putback. They decided to deny the claim. um, And they didn't do anything about it. I was the only one um, of the service providers who filed suit against it, ended up going to trial on this one. And one, I've won every trial. The PTIC was a BS appeal. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. But um, on that, I got it reversed. And the very next day, um, he was able to settle, uh, start negotiations with his carrier because they overturned the denial and they were able to get their kitchen put back. And they were literally using their garage as their kitchen for two years and they didn't know what to do. So I felt good on that situation. But like Brooke says, if you do have you, if you've already paid for it, there's a possibility you can get reimbursed. Give her a call or go to her website. Boltslegal.com. We'll be right back with Contract Talk with Richie Kidwell. All right. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, building damage experts every Saturday on iHeartRadio. Thanks for hanging out throughout the break. Give some thanks to our sponsors. All right. Thanks for the whistle over there. All right. The crowd is on fire today, man. They really love our show and they love our special guest today, Brooke Bolts with Bolts Legal. You go to boltslegal.com if you want some more information. There is information on the website if you'd like to fill out a contact form or send a text message. There's a phone number on there for you. Everybody loves texting today. Uh, in today's age, it's much quicker of getting uh, uh, the answers that you need and without all the fluff. So there is a way for you to contact somebody over at uh, Bolts Legal um, with a text message, not a rotary phone, but a text message phone. So, um, but anyways, uh, outside of that, uh, today we're talking about, of course, you know, the law changes that have affected us in both property and in auto, medical, and uh, every insurance form that we can think of, we've had happen this year. If you were living under a rock, you don't know what was happening. We had uh, a fake insurance crisis that was start, uh, started by Office of Insurance Deregulation, apparently, in just uh, December, uh, January of this year, all to start the fake crisis. They were giving away, they were like Oprah up there. They were giving away increases that nobody even asked for. They were like, you get a raise, you get a raise, you get a raise. One insurance company was in the paper, uh, asked for like a 14% raise or whatever. They gave them double, you know, and just because uh, they could. Just because they could. Tower Hill took a 50% increase. Why? Because they could. As they said, how would you like a bigger increase? Well, okay. Yeah. 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 And I even challenged them in front of what was funny is that while I was suing the Office of Insurance Regulation, uh, um, the everything was going on up in Tallahassee during special sessions. And uh, David Allmeyer would sit over there. I would go up and speak and like actually like talk about him, you know, in there. <laughs> and then I would sit down. He would come up and speak and kind of talk to me, you know, be like, no, no. Because I came up and I'm like, no, I, I just don't understand how all these increases were given out. I am on the Office of Insurance Regulation website right now. And so weird. None of the, uh, the increases over 15% are listed on here for public hearings. That is so crazy because everything per by Florida statute should be, uh, uh, presented in a public hearing. If you're giving more than a 15% increase to an insurance company, mm-hmm. this is crazy that it doesn't exist on the website. You know, it's like, okay, Mr. Kidwell, you can go sit down now. I'm like, okay, well, somebody needs to answer that question because <laughs> you know, that's, that's very concerning to me. Why everybody's getting an increase. Okay. Go sit down. Mr. Kidwell. Sit down and we come up and 
And uh, this guy actually says, he's like, well, you know, I mean, we, uh, we, we do have public hearings on, uh, on this, but it just happens so fast that a lot of times the public doesn't have a, uh, a chance to, uh, to be involved. And and, uh, we have a public meeting, but the notice is so fast, the public can't actually attend. What's funny is that, like, why is the, no- why is the notice gone? Like I was just on it and I showed them and they're like quick to have me sit down and Bob Rommel up there hates me anyways. You know I mean? We have a love, hate relationship. He was the one that did change the 2019 AOB statutes and we were, you know, anyways, love, hate relationship, but he was the, uh, he was the, uh, the, uh, 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 what is it? The, what do you call that? Uh, the main person up on the, the chamber what, what speaker. <clears throat> the sergeant at arms. No. Anyways, whatever. Um, he was, he, yeah, no, he was the, uh, the committee chair. That's what I oh, said. Uh, he was the chair, uh, sitting chair that day. And he quickly got me off there. He gave everybody a couple <laughs> of minutes. He's like, all right, Mr. Kittle, well, we're on the, uh, uh, we're, we're on the amendment, not the bill. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. But either way, somebody needs to answer this question about the. So I tried in the Senate, I tried in the, uh, tried in the house and, uh, and, and very quickly you, you get just, you go sit down. We're going to do what the governor told us to do which is push this bill through without a comma, without a period, mm-hmm. without an amendment, without anything being allowed to be changed on this. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, Senator Pasadomo, who was the president president of the Senate at the time, basically said, we, uh, we're, we're the first ones with the guts to push through the governor's agenda. Which I thought was an interesting discussion about the check and balance of the legislative and executive branches. Mm. So basically she's like, we're going to do it. We're going to put through, push through his agenda. And I kept, kept going, is it your job to legislate what your constituents want and what's okay. best for the consumer as opposed to just saying, what, what would you like us to do? And, you know, jump and you say, how high? Yeah, they're usually, they're, they're literally useless this year. And I, and I think, um, uh, representative, oh man, well, there, there's several of them. Um, and I think there were some that were more loud than others, um, would stand up and, and say, what are we doing? We were mm-hmm. here to legislate. We were here to speak on behalf of the constituents in the state of Florida. And we're not, we're not legislating. We have lost our legislature. Um, representative Geller, uh, quote, uh, stated that, and nobody said anything. There was applause in the crowd and the sergeant of arms said, everybody, no, no applause in there. And, uh, and Geller sits down and, uh, and the chair says, okay, guys, we can't have, uh, any outbursts. We can't have any, uh, applause or anything like that during the hearing. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, what about what he just said? Like, <laughs> what, what, what are you worried about people clapping? Right. And I'm like, but you, you, we've lost our legislature. Nobody's doing anything about it. They're all just puppets and it's cool. I mean, you know, we're supposed to have separate branches for a reason because too much control as we see is harmful for the, uh, for the consumers in the state of Florida. And that's what we saw millions and millions of people were screwed like from the December uh, uh, signing of the special session, the, the, the March signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they came out with an insurance accountability bill at the last minute, which really didn't do a whole lot. It gave the military extra time and did a couple fixes, to, to, but it did nothing for bad faith against insurance companies. It did nothing for any penalties against insurance companies for slow walking or, or just outright denying and bolding them to, to, to hold on. What's interesting in that statute also is if there was, in fact, conduct that the insured that the department of insurance that oir office of insurance regulation found to be a problematic the 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 penalties stayed with the government that the folks who are actually aggrieved who actually need need help and need money to do what they need to do are, are not provided with a, with any money that i saw out of that statute 
It's simply a fine that the government wields against the insurer, who's their one of their biggest benefactors. So they they get to write a check back to the government. I mean, and again, the consumers are really left in a cold again. Mm. Mm. Um, and, th- and that's unfortunate. I mean, the consu- it's like biting the hand that feeds you, which, which is what I don't get. The insurance companies and their billions of mo- uh, dollars in the bank come from the backs of us consumers. And yet we're the ones being beat down over and over and over again, feeling the 100% increases in insurance with no claim volume, especially in that area um, where we live. We, we discussed this as well, too. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, our renewals are coming back double. You're like, why my house didn't double, right? You know, they, I have uh, no claims, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also talked about proper coverages. Um, and I think maybe Brooke, you can help us here, um, uh, understanding the types of coverages we've had some folks, uh, one of them wrote into us and said, uh, to our show and said, um, Hey, I'm, uh, I've got a lot more, um, contents inside of my home. And this is me just saying, I have a lot of stuff in, inside of my home. Um, how do I know if that's going to get covered for it? Is it under coverage? A? Is it under this? And, and again, I'm not, an insurance agent or anything. Um, and I say, if it were me, if I had to replace everything in my house, um, that's not screwed into the wall, you know, from mm-hmm. a painting to rugs and couches and all of your personal items, what is it going to cost to replace all that? You know? Uh, and like you said, Hans, I mean, you know, if it's a collectible thing it may be a different type of insurance, mm-hmm. um, but those are the ty- types of things you want to think about coverage C for contents. Um, but, um, and I know Brooke, you've seen people, and I know we have up in the panhandle, uh, that were underinsured. Um, but what advice would you give people that are saying, I'm about ready to renew my policy, or I really want to get the best bang for my buck, but I don't want to be left out of coverage. What advice would you give them? There's a couple of, of important factors to look for. One is water damage coverage. I think people mm-hmm. just make an assumption that I have coverage A, which is for the dwelling. I have three or $400,000 worth of coverage there. So if a pipe bursts in my house, I'm going to be able to access that three or $400,000. Well, what they don't realize is there's a separate section in the policy oftentimes that puts a cap on your water damage limits. And a lot of times it's only $10,000. I've seen that time and time Mm -hmm. again. And $10,000 is nothing when you've had a water damage claim. Oftentimes the insurance company will send out a water mitigation company and just the fans and the and the initial mitigation can exceed $10,000. So and, and then the homeowner's upset because they're not getting any money. They thought they had three or $400,000 worth of coverage and they just didn't know. So looking at your water damage limits is very important to make sure you have adequate coverage there. Same with the mold coverage. The mold mm-hmm. coverage also generally has either sometimes it's complete exclusion and other times there's a cap. So you want to look at that also. Wow, that's good to know. And, and and I think it's important to take away from that. Look at your exclusions, look at your coverages, but also look at your exclusions. All right, we'll pick this back up after the break. We'll be right back. Contract Talk with Richie Kidwell. 
All right, all right. And we're back. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, building damage experts, iHeartRadio every Saturday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Or hop on over to our Facebook page, Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. You'd be able to see and hear all of our episodes. And don't forget to check out Hans Dapper Suit of the Day. So every podcast, Hans has a different suit on, and you will never see the same suit twice. So if you're very interested in that, check on, uh, ch- go on over to our website, contractortalkpodcast.com. Check it out for yourself. You try to mix it up a little bit, you know, it's a little more conservative, a little more flamboyant. I don't know why this is yeah. more, a little more conventional, but you know, it's something everyone can wear. Yeah, I have I to highly rate today's. I have to highly rate today's suit. It looks very sharp. I oh, like, okay. I like the contrast and colors. You know, also somewhat muted. It's a little bit less like better call Saul. I can't wait. Do you have any cell phones that you can give me? I can't wait to see like the loud suit. I feel a little yeah. bit of the next top model all of a sudden the way. <laughs> like Heidi Klum's going to come in and well, I mean, question I, my fashion sense. I mean, check out this guy. And you can check out this guy if you go to contractortalkpodcast.com and you see our YouTube page, all of our archives. I mean, That's right. look at this guy. Right. And you will not find the same suit twice, though. So no. we will let you know when that happens. But we are continuing a weekly show. Yes. We will see what happens. I just imagine his uh, his his closet like the Jetsons. You just hit the button and say, <laughs> I want blue. Or black pants and just like one of the dry cleaners and it just keeps going in a circle <laughs> or if you and think back like this is a throwback to that awesome 90s movie clueless when uh yes. when the girl goes into her closet mm-hmm. right and she's got the windows 990 piece. <laughs> that's where I, my mind went was clueless boom yeah that's what i'm huge got going clueless fan yeah and i think the dad was a lawyer as well so there's a lot going on here yeah. Oh, yeah. The pink paper it, uh, has a little oh, that perfume was, scent that on was it. Legally blonde. Oh crap! Oh uh, no! No! Yeah. No! No! Clueless man. She, yeah. Oh, no. Right. Oh, she never gives mind. her resume. It's it's pink. And it's scented. <laughs> but it stands out. You'd hire that person, wouldn't you? You'd think about yeah. it. Her, her, as I said, her last season, Jimmy Choose, I think, is like what <laughs> was the, the Daniel Waz, one of them would have said, as to how to solve the crime. That's right. That is one thing that we will not see in Hans's closet is last season, Jimmy Choose. That ain't happening. That's not happening. I think Hans remembers that movie better than I do. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those parts came back to me. I'm like, okay, but it's been a while. So I've seen if it does not fit, uh, you must <laughs> quit. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to a different show. All right. Anyway, but uh, all right. So before the break, Brooke, we were talking about uh, some good information for a policyholder or somebody that's either going to renew or buy a new policy of insurance for their home um, to what to look for. And before the break, you were saying that you know it's very important to have water damage coverage, and that's that's it's interesting because there used to not be a partial of that. It just if you have a loss at your home, it's covered, and this is your this is your full amount to access three or four. Hundred thousand, uh, but now we're seeing so many crazy exclusions uh, in the policy, and some are capped. Some are uh, you have ten thousand dollars to use unless you use our preferred pretenders. Uh, I mean, all of this stuff to force people into outside of their own independent 
uh, hiring of their own contractor, which is crazy. It's against the Florida statute bill of rights for consumers. It's against just anything that I've grown up to understand. When I have my own home, I can choose whoever the heck I want to, to provide services on my home. Like I don't need the insurance company to get involved. Like their standpoint should be to pay the bill. That's it. That's what insurance companies are for. But now more and more they're getting involved in actually trying to do the service. Right. But then we've also seen insurance companies that get greedy. I mean, look at sunshine that went out uh, Mm -hmm. years back. OAR did a full autopsy on it to find out that they were um, overpaying certain service providers um, that they owned. Mm -hmm. So they would overpay their tarping company by $25,000 a jump on that. So they can put more money into that all under the guides of, Oh, you have it under your policy so they can lower the amount they have in their operating uh, account so they can then get an increase. Mm-hmm. And then if they, if it, if they, if they do it wrong, then they get into a mess and OIR puts them on probation and then eventually puts them and makes them insolvent. And then everything goes to FIGA and then they bonus themselves out like a mofo on the way out. I mean, two, three, $400,000 yep. an executive on the way out and that I'm not making up. You can look at it. It's sunshine insurance company. It's in a, uh, in an article you can find on Google, I'm sure. Um, but that was one op- autopsy that was done post, uh, 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 insolvency of an insurance company. And we've seen it so many times. I mean, they are so greedy and egregious that it's like, I, you don't know what to believe uh, mm-hmm. in, in, anymore. I mean, you saw UPC, they're still doing great. Um, uh, they decided to pull out though, um, out of Florida. OIR allowed them to do this, which is uncanny to me as well too, because they're, 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 they weren't hurt at all, but the state of Florida decided to allow insurance companies to be their own entity in the state of Florida with only $15 million in assets. Mm-hmm. That was around 2009, 2010 with Charlie Crist. That was when, when that all happened, when he came to them and said, when the insurer said, we're leaving. You know, I mean, and you look back, at the, we talk about crises and whether they exist or not. Mm-hmm. Look, remember like in 2000, when all, remember all the emergency room doctors were leaving Florida. I remember back when they, when they wanted medical mal, when the insurance companies wanted medical malpractice caps on non-economic damage and economic damages. The, the whole the whole thing was doctors are leaving. No one's going to know. There'll be no doctors in Florida unless we pass this this thing. And and ridiculous. Obviously, twenty years later, I mean, there, there's more people here than ever. There's more doctors than ever. So whenever they make these, they kind of have this this press blitz where they say you won't be able to find your kid won't have an emergency room doctor if you don't pass this. Legislation just simply doesn't have that grand an impact on on people's individual desires. Mm-hmm. Doctors want to live in Florida too. I mean, but that was one of those things. The insurance companies we talk about. Um, you know, originally it was the public adjusters, then it was AOB contractors, then it was roofers, then now it's lawyers. Yeah. Now and now it's global warming apparently, right. which I don't know. They can't do anything about tax and that or getting money out of from mm-hmm. that. But that was in today. It was an article in today's paper about the fact that we're, we're, I believe, number two in the climate change impact in insurance. And it was also we talked about from the New York Times article that talked about all these other causes. And they said, but really the problem is global warming. Right. And so but but along the way, the consumer pays more and more and more. Now, if you want to come to me and say, look, weather's changing. These things are issues. It's going to cost more to insure homes. It's one thing. But you don't need to always find a culprit. Other than people the insurance companies don't like. They don't like public adjusters. They don't mm-hmm. like roofers. They don't mm-hmm. like AOB contractors because all, all of those are sophisticated entities which know how to get paid. You know, my mom, your mom, someone's mom, they don't know what they're doing. They're like, well, they sent me a check. I don't know what it was for. Mm-hmm. And they don't know and they deposit it and off they go. 
But all those things happen, but the crises are all really created in an effort to make people scared, right? That's what terrorism is, right? It's mm-hmm. making people scared for the future. Right, um, right. Or to create seen. a chilling effect. Yeah. I mean, we've heard that as as well. Um, and all that has done is to confuse insureds to make them not want to file a claim. Right. Right? Yeah. UPC dumped 91,000 uh, policies and Slide got the benefit of that. The one that the owner that started uh, Heritage and took mm-hmm. 400,000 policies from citizens, right? Now he's taking 91,000 policies from them. He's buying more policies now from citizens, yep, you know? Also, all you know, and then all of the claims went to FIGA. Yeah, you know, so it's just like the insurance companies are getting so many upsides right now. This guy Brian, he's obviously a genius who started Slide, who started Heritage. He knows how to work the system, uh, and he's the one. He's the only one that's getting richer, right? I oh, mean, yeah. you know, office of insurance regulations just allow him to do whatever he wants. Um, but but within that, we were talking about policies and the exclusions, um, and they're getting more and more um, uh, crazier to understand. Um, the 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 installing uh, or the uh, how to install a radio instructions. Um, I, my dad used to say it a little bit differently, but uh, it was very difficult, right, to, to, to read through this. So you mm-hmm. almost need a lawyer to review your policy before you actually have a claim. But the biggest takeaway from that, what Brooke was saying is like, understand your uh, exclusions in your policy, you know, understand that you may have a $10,000 cap. But uh, to, to your point, though, like the two major ways that we have uh, damage to our home are from water damages, right? From uh, from uh, uh, sewer backups and from wind. So those are the two major ways that we get damages to our home here. And a lot of these start, uh, exclusions are starting to include them, like water damage exclusions or caps or wind exclusions or caps and those types of things. So that's unfortunate. You almost, like I said, need a lawyer to review your policy to really understand. But Talk to your agent about that. Make sure you don't have any crazy caps. Up your mold coverage. Ensure that you have no caps or exclusions on water damages. And make sure there's no managed care program on there that makes you use a certain service provider, like a people's trust policy that makes you use their preferred uh, uh, vendor there. So you want to look for that, look out for that. If you have any questions for us, go over to our uh, Facebook page, Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. Ask us there. We'll put it on the radio next time. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back contract talk with rich kidwell all right and we're back contractor talk with richie kidwell building damage experts every saturday we're on iHeartRadio, 12 p.m to 2 p.m thanks for hanging out throughout the break jump on over to our website contractortalkpodcast.com don't miss a show there we archive everything there we're working on actually live streaming on that eventually and definitely on our facebook page jump on over there contractor talk with richie kidwell on facebook you're going to find a lot more information on us all right so talking about policy premium or excuse me, your home insurance policy, what to look for. We have a lot of questions about that. It's becoming very confusing. You almost need a lawyer uh, outside of your insurance agent because sometimes even your insurance agent gets confused because I call them. I say, hey, I want full, because you just say it as a, as a consumer, right? I want full coverage insurance. I want to make sure I'm covered in case of water, in case of a pipe break, in case of a hurricane. I want to make sure I'm covered. Um, and they're like, yeah, 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 I got you this. But then at the end of the day, you want the cheapest price, right? You want the best rate. 
So they may give you a policy that has a discount on it and the discount, you have to look out for those discounts. That's where they get you. That's where the exclusions will stick or a managed care provider situation may stick. So let's say you have people's trust insurance or some uh, security first policies and some others are now starting to include um, a discount. It might even be like 50 bucks for the year, but it says if you have a claim or if you, or if you have a post loss um, uh, or a loss under the policy, then you must use our preferred vendors. And um, I, I'm sure you have some stories about that, Brooke. Um, if you could tell us about that, I mean, yeah. it may hopefully steer somebody from using a people's trust type of policy or like a security first managed care type of policy. Can you talk about that? Sure. I get very common complaints from homeowners who call me who have been required to utilize a contractor that is a preferred vendor of the insurance company. And they say, I can't get a hold of this contractor. They started the work and now I can't find them. They're not responding to me when I complain to the insurance company. They don't respond to me either. Uh, or they use the wrong materials. They send people who don't speak English and I can't communicate with them when they're here to be able to give them the direction on what needs to be done. I mean, there's just no oversight of the quality of work that's being performed on these insured homes. Um, the insurance companies just lose it, looking to save money by utilizing their own preferred vendor at a cheaper price. But the the insureds are the ones who are suffering because the work is not being done to their satisfaction. And as a homeowner who's paying their own contractor, they would have the leverage to say to a contractor, look, until the work is done correctly, I'm not going to pay you the rest of this money. But mm -hmm. when it's being paid directly by the insurance company, then the homeowner has no idea whether they're mm -hmm. being paid or not paid and they don't have any control over it. They can complain and send emails and leave voice messages, but ultimately they have no control over what happens in that relationship between the insurance company and that contractor. So they are just really in, in a poor position because they are at the mercy of this contractor who they have no relationship with and no um, control over. Right. And that preferred vendor won't even start to work until you pay the deductible. So right. there's, there's really nothing that you can hold back from that contractor. Um, and you mentioned uh, materials that maybe won't match or less in quality. Well, every RCVHO3 policy um, has that, or every HO3 policy has RCV and a replacement cost value, but it goes deeper than that. The Florida statute says that it has to be, your material has to be or the loss or the uh, the materials that were damaged has to be replaced with light kind color and material so if you have um, uh, like 12 mil flooring it needs to be replaced with such type you can't go with eight mil you can't go with less it has to be adequate to what was there prior to um, and I heard one roofer say and I, I love the way he said it it was like it's like listen man it's like if there was gold plated underlayment underneath this uh, these shingles mm -hmm. well we're gonna freaking replace gold 
plated underlayment underneath this. It's, it's just that's what that's what we're doing here, you know. And so I'm sorry you don't agree with it, but um, let, let's go with Mark Knee James, right? I mean, it's just a uh, uh, an attorney, a famous attorney here in the Central Florida area. Well, after Hurricane Irma, um, his house was very affected by it. I was the assessment company out on there. And um, what do you do in a room with gold flaked uh, wallpaper? I, I don't know, but we told them that they had to shave it down, uh, melt it, and uh, put it back up and respray it. And Chubb had to pay for it. And uh, and what? And again, I mean that again. You have to replace with this uh, light kind color material. So we absolutely had to do that. We had to get a supplement on it. We're all scratching our heads, going, "Well, how do you how do you re- uh, fix and replace this?" You know. And so um, that was that was the end of that. Is that they had we had to find a company that came uh, to scrape all of the flakes off the wall, melt it down, put it back in a hopper and uh, spray it back on uh, after they put the material back up after the walls were fixed. Uh, I thought that was an interesting story. It just, but that's what, um, I mean, there was a lot of work behind all of that to, to ensure that he got what he was, uh, what, who was owed under the policy. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what it's about. Um, um, now, Brooke, with the managed care vendor and the program that they elected, you said there's not much they can do. Um, I have heard of people, though, um, hiring their own general contractor uh, to oversee the managed care vendor. Um, And I have heard that that has worked in the favor of the homeowner, being that the general contractor would find the indifference of uh, via inspections and oversight of that job to say, okay, the material was wrong. The installation was incorrect. This and they missed this, this and this. Here is what it would cost to uh, to put you back to pre-loss condition. Um, have you had any traction uh, from that direction? Not specifically with a general contractor overseeing the work. I have seen where a, a, a contractor of the, of the homeowners is choosing can, if they're willing to match the price of whatever the preferred vendor would charge, then on occasion, the insurance company has agreed to pay the homeowners preferred, you know, chosen contractor. Sure. Um, but I, that's, I haven't heard of, of yeah. the general contractor overseeing it at whose expense are they? It would, it would start off with the insured, um, being, uh, uh, expending that, but it would be reimbursable from the insurance company, um, with that detail from the general contractor stating that this contractor missed X, Y, and Z, and this is what it would cost me to, to, to fix it and, or to rip out the wrong flooring and put it back because they've decided that they're done and they're not going to come back. Cause one of my friends had the same situation happen. Um, the rapid response replaced the flooring and they, they messed it up and they, um, uh, they put it in the wrong way. Um, and they refused to come back and there was, you know, bubbles in it after Afterwards, like we're talking about a week afterwards, there were bubbles and things like that. They didn't put the underlayment on correctly. So they ended up hiring another contractor who ripped up all the flooring, put it back in and sent the bill to the insurance company and they had to pay it. Um, so it was a little bit of a, um, a lapse in time. It took them to recover mm-hmm. their money, but they did have to front the bill for that. Luckily, they were in a space that we they, they could do that for a minute and get reimbursed. And that's unfortunate. But I have 
talked to other folks and I've told them the same type of advice. My friend, um, this is what they did. Um, and they were successful on it. Um, but it's, again, I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, you, you really need to get a, a, a trusted contractor involved in the beginning, uh, to, uh, to provide their full estimate and scope. And I think that would be great. Um, you as a consumer getting that done ahead of time, because finally, I guess you will get a scope from their preferred vendor. Um, and what you're saying is that the scope comes first rather than them doing the job as the preferred contractor. So the scope should come first. And if the, if it doesn't, you need to ask for it because there are times where they just send out the contractor and you don't really have a good understanding of what's going to be done. So mm-hmm. the scope is something, and by scope, it means what work is this contractor being hired to do? You want to make sure you have that in writing in the form of an estimate uh, showing you exactly mm-hmm. what's going to be performed before you allow a contractor to start doing any work on your home. Right. And uh, we're talking about property policies of insurance. Make sure there's no bandaged care programs and watch out for those exclusions. We're going to take a break here. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, building damage experts. Thanks for hanging out throughout the break. iHeartRadio, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Don't miss a show. And go, by going to our uh, our Facebook page, Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell, you'll be able to find archives there from previous shows, topics that you don't want to miss, as well as going to our personal website, ContractorTalkPodcast.com. Everything there, Contractor Talk, you don't want to miss. All right, so right before the break, we're talking here with Brooke Boltz with Bolts Legal. Go to boltslegal.com for any questions you may have on your property or auto insurance. She is your gal to help you out. She's local. You want to give her a call if you have a uh, dispute against your insurance company or have a question about your policy. So we were just talking about policy exclusions, managed care programs so that you may get a small little discount for you want to watch out for them. If you want the, the freedom to choose your own contractor after a loss, then don't take the $50 discount and sign up with an insurance company that has a managed care program. That's what that means. Managed care program means you have a loss, they take care of it, right? So they're going to pay the very lowest that they possibly can. So it's like having a full medical policy and getting Medicare doctors, right? That's what it's like. So you don't want to sign up for that unless you really want the savings of the Medicare type of uh, uh, policy, right? You get what you pay for. But if I'm paying what? They average four, five, six thousand dollars a year. Well, I want full coverage. I want everything that's bound within that policy to exist for me when I need it. That's why I'm paying four, five, six thousand dollars a year because I need that access, right? So um, now, Brooke, you were mentioning that there are some other scary type of endorsements coming out nowadays outside of like the water damage caps or or type of exclusions. Um, but even scarier than that are roof surface depreciation schedules. Um, how is that even legal when that was shot down in the Florida legislature several times over the past couple of years where the roof schedule got kicked out of Senate Bill 76, it didn't make it in. And many carriers were starting with the roof surface schedule depreciation model while it was just in, um, you know, hanging in an amendment that ended up getting killed. But like, like, like Heritage jumped right out and had it was like, ah, 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 you know, you can't do that. 
like they, they haven't even like, you know, uh, signed the bill. Like, what are you doing? You know, they're already coming out with that, you know? And so like, how do you get away around that or to be cautious of these, Hey, I'll give you a discount if you have a roof that's less than 15 years old or whichever. Um, if you can speak about that, it sounds like some scary stuff. Sure. So in general, for most homes, the roof is going to be the most expensive repair mm -hmm. you will ever need to make. So when you're looking at an insurance policy, you want to look specifically at any provisions related to the roof and the insurance companies for the same reason that it's such an expensive cost to them. If something goes wrong with the roof, they're looking to limit their liability and their exposure on your roof as well. So you want to look at anything, any exclusions, particularly the rate relate to the roof. Now, back at the time of the, the Senate bill, when it was all being debated, we were all jumping up and down about this this cannot go into the bill and ultimately did not go into the bill. But at the time, I learned um, that the Office of Insurance Regulation had already approved a policy with that language in it. And ultimately, you have statutes, but then you have contracts. The po insurance policy is a contract. So people can contract for whatever they want to contract for. So if yeah. someone offers well, it's you- a non-negotiable contract, though. I mean, that's an HO3 policy. A surplus lines policy is a negotiable contract. And that's where I right. think that that's where the separation exists, right? Because if I can't negotiate the contract, then, then for me, it has to follow the laws and the rules set by set forth by the Florida statutes. So, and if it, if it, if the Florida statute says an HO3 policy has to have two things, RCV replacement cost value and ordinance and law. And as you've seen now, they've made amendments to change it to where it says ordinance law now can be signed off, you know, by a signature and, uh, and, and, uh, uh, disputed by the homeowner. If they don't want it, it has to be offered to them. Right. So, that's the, how does a contract, I mean, doesn't the Florida statute survive, uh, uh, you know, that's invalid, um, for them to put this, uh, depreciation schedule in there. It's invalid. It has to be. I agree with you, but I don't know, just like anything until it gets litigated all the way up to the Florida Supreme court and the appellate courts, there's going to be, um, differences of opinion until it gets decided, uh, mm. at the end of the day. But I, I it, the tip for the consumers to be on the lookout for it, for it. If there is something in your policy that limits the coverage of your roof and what this fee schedule looks like is it says, uh, if your roof is more than say 10 years old, then we only pay for a certain percentage of the roof replacement, not the entire roof replacement. So I think it first goes to like, we'll pay 75% of the roof at 10 years or, and don't quote me on this. I'm not, I don't have it committed to memory, but it goes down to like 25% of the roof um, that, that they'll pay for. And that of course is, is pennies in comparison to what the roof is going to actually cost. Plus you have a deductible on top of that. So it's really not going to provide you much yeah. coverage, a new roof. Uh, if you already have a new roof, it's not likely it's going to go bad on you. It's the older roofs that start to, um, start to, that are more susceptible to damage and that you need to replace. So, you know, having a, a fee schedule like that in place is going to put you in a position where you have just really useless coverage mm -hmm. when your older roof needs to be repaired or replaced. Yeah. I mean, of course I, I have the opinion of if I have a 20 year old roof and a 19 years and, and five months later, a big windstorm comes by and knocks off my roof. Well, you owe me for the full amount of that roof. I don't care if it's at the end of the life cycle or not, you know, 
I mean, I, I've, I've said this before, you know, if an old guy, you know, if his boat fills up with water and he tries to swim back to shore and he doesn't make it, the poor old guy, he just drowns in the middle of the lake because he can't get back. Well, what's the cause of death? Is it old age? Is it wear and tear? No, it's freaking drowning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they freaking drowned. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, and that's what I'm saying. If I have a 20 year old roof and a windstorm comes by and beats it up and it starts to leak, well, it's the windstorm. It's not because it was 20 years old. That's yeah. BS. And that's what I'm just like, you know, the CFO is starting to be like, well, yeah, if you start driving around on bald tires and just looking for a, a break, well, you just have to go and maintain your tires and replace your tires. I'm like, oh, no, you got that wrong, Jimmy. If I was driving down the road and I ran over a big stick and it broke my tires, I don't care if it was, you know, there was rubber on it or not. You owe for new tires. Like, I, what are you doing? Well, I remember Patronus, I made that example. It was something that, that you considered by yourself as a third party. Um, I have a client right now who insured his property with, uh, with citizens in, in February and then had a loss in, in August. So in February, his roof was insurable, right? I mean, yeah. they came out and they said, it's insurable. In August, they said, no, no, we're not going to cover your loss because the roof is full of wear and tear and, yeah. and, and we're not going to pay your claim. And I'm like, well, huh. but six months ago, you, you said it was okay. Six months ago, you said it was insurable. You took the money, right. yeah. took the money and said, we're insuring your roof. Six months later, I came back and said it's wear and tear. So there, there's a case that's in litigation because I'm going to say, well, how do you tell a jury that six months later with no other intervening loss, no other storms, <laughs> nothing else, that, that this that somehow the roof that was insurable is no longer insurable? Right. I'm, I, and again, they say it with a straight face as well, too. And they make it look like you're the bad guy. He's like, oh, you've known you had a roof that was worn and torn. I'm like, no, it didn't because it, 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 it held up. Like there was no rain in my house until Tuesday because on Monday a storm came by. So you tell me, what are you saying? Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. So um, if you find yourself in this situation, um, go to boltslegal.com, fill out the contact form. If you have a question about your policy exclusions, do I I have a good policy or not. It seems cheap. Is this good enough for me? If I have a windstorm, if I have a, a, a sewer backup, if I have a pipe break, those are the types of questions you need to ask yourself. And are you underinsured or, uh, if you look up all of you look around your house and you're taking videos and pictures of everything and you say, Hmm, what would it cost me to put back all of these contents? Is it 50,000? Is it a hundred thousand? Those are the types of coverage you need to speak to your agent about. You want to have a good amount of mold coverage, 25 or $50,000 in mold coverage. Don't cost you more than $10 a year. Again, talk to your agent. I don't know, but it didn't hit me much when I raised up my uh, amount, um, and make sure there's no exclusions. And I would have ask you to not look at a policy that has managed care providers in there, even on a discount. $50 a year is not worth it. So um, boltslegal.com is where you want to go. Thank you so much for being our guest today, bro. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Don't forget to go to our website at boltslegal.com for more information. And again, fill out that contact page. Um, a lot of good information on uh, here today. Hans Kennan, thank you as always for adding some more information uh, uh, to the show. Absolutely love that. Um, we'll talk about this here and more on Contractor Talk with Richie Kidwell. Don't forget to check us out on our uh, uh, on our website, contractortalkpodcast.com. Talk to you guys next week. See you.